Welcome to the beautiful world of Between Both Cheeks, a wax cast that collaborates and doesn't compete. A world of beauty, bums, and billions of bucks. The collaborating ladies of the BBC are Luba, the badass boss bitch, owner of international brands and salons, and Becca, the egg. She's new to the beauty business and learning faster than a baby savant. Three distinct perspectives taking on the business of beauty. Welcome now to your beauty babes on Between Both Cheeks. Bring me your balls. Welcome to another episode of Between Both Cheeks. Thank you, listener, for listening to us. We are coming to you live from Vancouver, British Columbia, and Toronto, Ontario. That is both in Canada for those international listeners. Um, I do have Becca the Egg with us, still in quarantine. Hello, <laughs> Becca. Hi, Luba. Hi, Ashley. And we also have Ashley in Toronto, esthetician extraordinaire trainer, business owner, everything. Spicy Italian. <laughs> you name it, she does it. Manual writer, business idea suggester, all of the above. So listen and subscribe to us on um, iHeart, Spotify, Buzzsprout, at Between Both Cheeks. Mm-hmm. Or anywhere else you find podcasts. Exactly. So, ladies, how's your week been? Same as last week. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to take over the world. <laughs> oh, my God. So, we're still in quarantine. Um, I literally just got off the phone with another business owner, and I was just bragging to him about how I've been really, really good as far as my drinking. <laughs> Not that I've ever had a problem, but that I haven't done any, like, massive drinking because people are like drinking a ton. Uh, liquor sales are up 40%. Yeah. Um, and I really haven't drank at all. But today, those of you on YouTube, when we get our YouTube channel back, can see that I'm holding a very dirty martini. Um, and it's cheers to that. Cheers. So cheers, ladies. What are we drinking? <laughs> cheers. Nothing cheers. A little bit of wine. A little bit of a, a, a Gewürztraminer because, you know, I, I do like my vino. Mm-hmm. Mm. A German one at that. <laughs> and Becca, what are we drinking? Something real sad out of college. I have fireball and a glass of ice. Oh, that's because you're fireball on the rocks. Yes, I'm not at home, so I don't have my wine. So I was like, do they call that the starving artist diet? Could be. Maybe it's pretty gross. Um, <laughs> so those of you that are not familiar with the wax wizard, that's what I call Tyson Becca's boyfriend because he's got like I think it's up to a hundred thousand views on our TikTok. It's at one hundred thirty thousand views now. <laughs> so Becca, Becca's not an esthetician, similar to me, um, and she waxed his nose on TikTok the other day. So you can follow us on TikTok now. Um, wax hair removal bar is our TikTok name, right? Yeah. Um, because we've lost our YouTube channel, so we're doing TikTok right now. Um, but yeah, so Becca is waxing Tyson's nose and I call him the wax wizard because he has like 130,000 views. Yeah. He's really funny. That's why I think it got so much. (laughs) 
So I need to pump out more content from them. <laughs> so anyway, so going back to liquor sales being up 40% and pouring myself a very stiff drink today. Um, I kind of want to talk about this whole small business owner dilemma that we're going through um, because everything that Trudeau and Trump are saying, because we have um, companies in both countries, the U.S. and Canada, everything sounds really, really good. There's all of this relief being offered and all these no interest loans and you've got two years to pay it back and we're going to give you $10,000 forgiven. Everything in the media sounds really, really, really good. Um, just for anyone out there that is maybe not a business owner and thinks that it's kind of a walk in the park right now, or if you are a struggling business owner and you are going through this with mandate shutdown, I will honestly tell you it has been the worst experience. So I like to think that I'm a little organized and I've started a spreadsheet for two countries, two different tabs on everything that I've applied for. Um, I applied as soon as stuff came out Mm -hmm. and there's literally no updates nothing there's no money that I've gotten yet in either country and there's zero updates um I read a stat today that 25 percent of businesses close after a disaster so whether that be a pandemic or whether that be like you know a tornado or water massive water damage hurricanes, whatever, 25% of small businesses do not reopen. Um, I read today that there was a flower shop, I believe, in Toronto, um, that after 16 years, they've just had to close their business. And we're not even in a month. Yeah. There's a yoga business in Vancouver that after 25 years closed within the first week of... Is that Semperviva? Yes. That was the first yoga studio I ever belonged to. Wow. And they were so good because they weren't like mm. they weren't like that cookie cutter franchise. Yeah, they're like really they were good. really they were really different. They did some really great stuff and they're closed. Wow. Twenty five years. They closed within the first week of you know, not conducting business. And you know what? It makes me wonder if it has anything to do with landlords and landlords not mm. giving a break to their tenants. Because when you're a business that relies on the public coming into your business or a hand in touch type of business, if you're not getting that connection and you're not able to have people setting foot in your stores, you don't have the revenue coming in in the same aspect. So it makes me wonder if it's the landlords that are saying, you know what, I want my money. I don't care how you're doing it. I don't care what you need to do. Give me my money. And if you're not going to give me my money, then you need to get out. And these companies, sadly, I feel like that's the problem. And if it was the landlords that were giving the relief to their tenants, I feel like these businesses would bounce back. Maybe it'll be a slow comeback, but I feel like there are so many businesses that, especially if they've been there for a long time, they have that community support Mm -hmm. and the community doesn't want to see them go. Mm -hmm. You would think that, but, um, you know, being, being in a, in a place for, uh, you know, 10 years plus, um, it's not like that. It's it's really amazing how um, true colors start to come out with stuff like this. And I get it. Like, we, we all need money. I get it. But here's the thing. No one asked for this to happen. Like, I didn't just choose to close my doors one day. Like, mm-hmm. that's the part that that is frustrating. Um, 
but yeah, yeah, I don't know the, the whole landlord thing. The biggest expense is the overhead is wages and rent. Those are yeah. two major expenses. Well, now the wages are gone because no one can come into work, right? Mm-hmm. So your second biggest expense or the biggest expense is rent. And then when you're dealing with places like Vancouver, one of the most expensive cities to live oh. in the world, your rent is between five to $10,000 for a small business. Yeah. That's a lot of money. And then I don't know about Toronto, Ash, but, um, or Ontario, BC still doesn't have like an opening date, like not even a suggested opening date. We did, and they took it away. Yeah. And mm. have now extended it another month. So we know that we are in lockdown. I don't even know what month I'm in right now. <laughs> I think it's April. But I think it's Monday. We are looking at at least the end of April, middle of May. I believe they've pushed it to May 15th at this point. And realistically, it's probably going to go into June because they just, they don't know. Mm-hmm. So there is no um, relief on rent. Um, the U.S., Trump stated that he was going to um, mandate <clears throat> mortgages to be frozen as well as rent. That is not correct. Oh. So I just got off the phone with my mortgage company, like for personal, because I was like, if I can defer it for some time, then I will, because I have zero income coming in. And they were like, no, absolutely not. And I was like, well, is it not like mandated by your president? And they're like, no, it's completely up to us if we want to offer that. Wow. So I've talked to some other people in the U.S. and they were just like, oh, we're just not going to pay it. Like, that's just what we're going to do. So all these amazing promises with Trudeau and Trump saying, oh, there's a mandate freeze. This is not going to affect your credit. Um, We're going to make sure that you don't encounter any fees. It's all bullshit. It's Mm. suggestive. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But it sounds completely different. And I've had a couple of people like they were like, oh, you know, this is kind of like your time to get organized and structured and get to work on all this stuff behind the scenes because you might even come out ahead with all these loans that are being offered. And I was like, okay, first of all, I don't want any more debt. They should take on an additional loan. I didn't ask for more debt. That's I'm not going to come out ahead. Are you kidding? I've been going for a month with zero income coming in with the, you know, a little bit of wholesale here and there, but who's our main wholesale client salons and spas. And they're so also they're not purchasing, mm-hmm. right? So super, super frustrating. Um, the other thing too is people that are, I call them solopreneurs. So those that do not have any employees do not qualify for the small business disaster relief. Oh, no way. I didn't know that. So this is, uh, I have to give her a shout out, but my registered massage therapist here in, um, North Vancouver. Her her name's Stephanie and her Instagram is I-N-I-K-O-B-L-U-E. Um, she's put together this amazing letter. So her and I kind of went back and forth with a whole bunch of ideas and suggestions and looking at all these ideas and stuff that are out there and all this relief that's out there. And we were like, this doesn't make sense. Now, uh, I'm a little more blessed because I do have employees so I can apply for this, for this disaster relief loan. Um, but she is a solopreneur. She's got contractors that work for her, but because she cannot submit a T4 with total wages that she's paid out for employees, she doesn't qualify for the loan. 
So think about all of those people that rent out rooms. Yeah, work for themselves. Work for themselves. They don't have any employees. Not one of them qualify for the loan. You know who else I'm thinking about Mm. is I have a ton of friends who own businesses who only contract. So they have 15 contractors that work for them. Yes. They pay the overhead. They pay for the space. They pay for the product. They pay for the machines. They pay for everything. Mm -hmm. But every single employee is actually a contractor. So those people, that is awful to hear. So this is the, in the U.S., it's called the SBA. So it's a Paycheck Protection Program. It's um, $25,000 that you can apply for. Uh, And then the Canadian version is called the Canadian Emergency Business Account, the CEBA. And that's a $40,000 loan that you can apply for. But if you have no employees and you can't show a T4 on what you've paid out, you can't even apply for it. You can't even get it. Like that's how broken the system is. I feel like they're just not thinking of the full scope of everyone. Like, they're still in a very traditional mindset. Like, if you have a job, it's a nine-to-five. Like, they're missing all the people that make crafts out of their home or, like, provide digital services or only have contractors. Uh And, and Luba, with that, so they wouldn't qualify for the business loan. Could they qualify for unemployment? No, because they're if they're employed by themselves, yeah. <gasps> so they would have nothing. So oh, the only scary. thing that a huge they gap. qualify for is that two thousand dollars a month. And what is that called? I'm gonna go. I've got all that's these. The C E R B. C E R B. That's it. Yeah. So, and then remember, on top of that, so the two thousand dollars a month that we would qualify for as business owners, um, mm-hmm. and then taking away the aspect of not being able to qualify for the forty thousand or the twenty five thousand because we have no employees or they have no employees. Um, $2,000 is supposed to cover personal expenses and business expenses because that's all that they're going to get. So I just gave you the stat that a small business runs between $5,000 to $10,000 in rent. And you're expecting the $2,000 to cover what? Yeah. Well, I'm going to add to that and say that Let's go look at that $2,000, for example, that employees are getting. Mm-hmm. Now, if you typically got laid off, you would be getting EI. Yeah. Mm-hmm. EI covers roughly 55% of your wages. Mm-hmm. Anybody that makes a pretty decent living, that $2,000 a month is like 35%, not 55%. So those that are actually making a decent living at this point still can't afford their bills, still can't afford anything. Like I'll tell you for myself personally, that $2,000 doesn't even cover my rent. Exactly. Yeah. Not even Toronto or Vancouver. Like that, that's just my personal doesn't even cover my, my, the mortgage payment or the rent payment Mm -hmm. because it's more than that. Mm -hmm. So what are you supposed to be doing for food? What are you supposed to be doing for, um, your bills? What are you supposed to be doing for even your extracurriculars? If you want to add your alcohol into that, (laughs) or if you want to order a pizza, exactly. Like you, or you want to order supplies from a Michaels or something along those lines to do crafts or something like that. It doesn't leave room for anything. What about medication? What if you're a person that's on medication and you don't have benefits? Even if you do have benefits, you still have to pay a portion of it. Yeah. So what are these people supposed to be doing? 
So that's my big beef with the government right now is I would rather be getting my EI, which I applied for, and it got over into this benefit. Do you know that? Because we do a morale meeting every week with um, with their staff in both Vancouver and Vegas. Do you know that the girls in Vegas still haven't been paid? Like as, as far as like their unemployment? Nothing. Nothing. None they of them. still haven't been paid. Two of the girls in those stores um, are single mothers. Okay. And then on top of that, you go to the grocery stores or drug stores and they're rationing diapers and wipes. Yeah. So you can't even somewhat stock up. Yeah. No, and formula and, and all of that stuff. So the system is completely broken. No one really knows what's going on. You can go onto my LinkedIn because I've literally posted the letter that Stephanie and I combined together. And we have literally been sending it out saying, please copy and paste this. And th- this is all the governing bodies that you need to send it to, including your local MLA, where you work and where you live, because they need to start looking at this. Also, Trudeau went out there and said, oh, effective April 6th, you can apply for this emergency relief fund. The banks had no idea what he was talking about. So April 6th, all business owners got up in the morning, started applying, and then I even went ahead like on the the 4th, and I sent my bank all my documentation because they said like this is what you're going to need. So I was like, okay, I know this is coming up on the 6th. Here's all my documentation ahead of time. Mm-hmm. And they were like, oh, well, we have, we're kind of going back and forth with the government. It's probably not going to be ready for another couple of weeks. But Trudeau came out and said, it's ready to go. Go ahead and apply for it. We've done all this great work. And it's still showing on their website at that point, too. It was still showing the 10% instead of the 75% relief that he was going to give. So if all these businesses wanted to hire their employees back if they'd laid them off or were debating whether to lay them off or not, they could then have this 75%. On the website, it was still showing 10%. There was showing nothing of this, like I'm going to, we're going to pay 75% of these wages up to, I think it was $56,000 or $58,000 a year or something along those lines, which sounds great, which would give a lot of businesses the opportunity to either A, keep their employees on because no employer wants to lay off their employees. No. They want to keep this going. So, that alone, just the government didn't really have, they kind of put the cart before the horse. Yeah. And mm-hmm. what they were doing in this aspect. And I think that's where it's hurt a lot of people. And it's just, it's not fair that there's so many people I think that want to work and just don't have the opportunity. No, absolutely. I'm logging on to Twitter because I need to read some of Stephanie's comments. So Stephanie um, actually goes on to Twitter every single day after she listens to Trudeau's speech at eight o'clock each morning. And then she writes them something and it's freaking incredible. Um, so continue on as I look her up. Um, so how have you been affected personally by this, Ashley? Are you a contractor? Are you an employee? Are you? I, I, at this owner? point, I'm an employee, which for me is great at this point. Mm-hmm. However, the like I was saying, this whole $2,000 a month relief, don't get me wrong. I am grateful as a Canadian that we are getting some sort of relief at all, that there is some sort of money coming in, I'm very, very grateful for. But the fact that I'm not grateful is is the side of things where, give me my EI. I would rather take my 55% EI at this point than this $2,000 relief. Because what bothered me the most was all you needed to qualify for this $2,000 a month 
was to have made $5,000 last year. Yeah. In last year. $5,000. Almost everybody. That's peanuts. Uh That's, that's somebody who worked for two months and has done nothing. Or that's somebody who has maybe made $5 million last year and they're still only getting the same amount. So why is the person that made $5,000 last year and the person that made $5 million last year making the same amount? Because let's be honest, if you only made $5,000 last year, your living expenses are probably very, very, very low and next to nothing. If you are the person that made $5 million last year, your living expenses are probably quite significant because you're used to being able to provide for yourself a fairly lavish life. Now, don't get me wrong. Yes, the person who made $5 million probably has a little bit of a nest egg stored away, you would hope. Mm-hmm. But it's fair that you have to dip into your nest egg that you've been saving when the person that has only made $5,000 last year is now making more with this relief than they were probably making before this disaster happened. And not only that, Ash, but those large companies that are making the millions and the billions, those are the ones that are entitled to all the massive big loans where they will come out ahead, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. They're the ones that get to stay open, like the Walmarts and the Targets, continue yeah. to sell all the non-essential shit like toys and, well, I'm not going to say chocolate because that's a little essential right now. That is so um, essential right now. I'm stay open and they continue to sell all their non-essential stuff and then they're the ones that can benefit from all of these huge loans that are literally being dished out by the government for millions and millions of dollars but yet a small business can't even get you know 30 40 grand and that's not even going to be able to cover most rent for a few months Mm -hmm. right um the yukon actually just put something through so the financial what is the the financial economic development minister um, put out a $30,000 per month loan to small businesses to cover business costs without any sort of stipulation of like, you need to have T4s, you need to have um, employees, all of that. Yukon just put that out. So why the Yukon can figure that out but like major cities in Canada. Yeah, major cities like Ontario and British Columbia, major provinces can't figure it out. And it's just basically meant to cover fixed costs like rent, water, sewer, electricity, internet, insurance, wages, stuff like that. So they've put that out. Um, so that's something where I don't know why they can't take it off of that. Okay, so this is awesome. So this is what Stephanie wrote. So again, her um, Instagram and Twitter is at I-N-I-K-O-B-L-U-E. Um, she writes on Easter. Today, we celebrate Jesus rising from the dead. You know what isn't rising? My bank account because of my business has been mandated to close and at Justin Trudeau and Bill, what is it, Marino, have made financial provisions for small business owners without employees. She's good. She's got a weird uh, she got another one. Let's see here. Single entrepreneurs are getting beeped right now in Canada. We don't have another adult. If you don't have another adult to collect an additional two thousand a month, then we will have to still pay our residents at our commercial overhead. I appreciate the government fucking me since no one else is. Thanks, Justin Trudeau. 
Oh, my God. <laughs> she does this every single day. On top of that, though, instead of just, she doesn't just troll them, but she, like, puts out tons of information, and she's constantly putting out ideas and opportunities and plans to the local government on how we can fix this. Like, I don't know how much more simple she can make it for them to open up their eyes because she's in touch with a lot of them. She's got quite a few followers on Twitter and stuff, so people are replying back to her. And one of the local MLAs is interested in putting together a proposal, but they keep coming back being like, I don't understand like what the issue is when we offered this 40,000. And she's like, okay, she'll call me. She'll be like, Luba, like, how do I word this? Like, how do I make, how do I dumb Dumb it down down. even more? Like I have no employees. Therefore I don't qualify for the emergency relief fund. Like how much more do you, what, how else can I put it to you? Yeah, they're just not thinking of the businesses that operate, you know, in more modern, non-traditional ways. And then what I think is really crazy, because she's an RMT, so she's considered non-essential. But, yeah, acupuncture and Cairo are considered essential. How is that possible? I wonder, does physio fall under essential? I think so. Let me make sure uh, that is correct. Because these are all the people that work in the same office. So how do you deem half of the employees essential and the other portion non-essential? This is what I mean. Like, to me, RMT is essential for my well-being. Like, if I don't get a massage on the regular to, like, like, I get so much pain, I can't function. Like, I don't understand how massage would not be essential. Yeah, especially if you have injury or sports injuries, like... Or motor vehicle accidents, you yes. need an RMT to qualify on your benefits that it's, you know, a, a massage that you can get your deductible off of. Which let's so not how, get started because I think pedicurists and uh, facialists should also be in that loop. And yep. let me just say getting a wax is definitely essential for my being. So yeah. there are <laughs> a lot of shaking accidents that occur. We can uh, curb Yes, hey, that's <laughs> personal injury. That was like one of my biggest fights when I was trying to stay open before it was mandated that we close. I like contacted my lawyer in Vegas and I was like, define essential because that is different to everyone. Like some people, they have to have their hair done and that is essential to them. What gives you the right to start telling people what's essential and what's not? Like who goes down the liquor store and give me my wax and I'll be a whole lot happier. Like, I'll, I'll forego the vino for a nice, smooth area. I, yeah. No, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> Just putting it out there. <laughs> okay. So it says that personal service establishments, barbershops, hair and nail salon, tattoo shops, and spas are non-essential. So then I'm assuming that Cairo and physio and acupuncture is deemed essential because that's what her and I were talking about. So that blows my mind because you're still touching the person. Right. That makes zero sense yeah. to me. And she's a registered massage massage therapist. So, so maybe they're cutting it back to. If you can't keep your six feet, then maybe you can't operate. I don't know. Well, it's supposed to be. But Cairo has to touch you. Physio needs to touch you. Acupuncture needs to touch you. Yeah, I guess so. What's the other one? The. um Oh. Uh, 
what's the uh, Western medicine for? Oh my God, what's it called? Natural paths. That's essential as well. But natural paths and doctors like MDs to me would fall under the same category. Oh. Like if you don't see a traditional Western medicine MD, then you're going to see a natural path. So yeah. I, I, I can see where that sort of. I don't know. I don't understand. I mean, I'm not going to complain about it, but I don't understand how our liquor stores are still open. But apparently it's because because in Vegas, they're closed now. Um, oh wow! Yeah, wow. Never close the liquor stores, though. Like, let's like I'm happy about it. Don't get me wrong. Like, I, I am happy about that aspect, but they're never going to close them. It no, you know why? You know, okay, because so there'd they, be too many people that would end up in the emergency room from going through withdrawals from alcohol mm -hmm. that they can't stand to have that happen. So they okay. need to keep them open. <laughs> so that's what they say. And I mean, I'm not going to say that I'm a doctor and I understand alcoholism or addiction in any way, but you know how badly we are taxed on liquor in Canada. Like again, who's benefiting from it? The government continue like liquor mm -hmm. sales are up 40% and we're taxed like 60% on it. Which like, again, true. it's full circle on, like, the people that win out of this whole thing is the banks and the government. So, yeah, they're going to promise all these loans. And when these loans start to come through and they charge interest, who wins? Again, well, I read something today that, and I don't know the validity of it. It was on kind of one of those, like, city-type Instagram accounts. So, like, let's be honest here. It could be... Could be true. It could be a little bit, you know, read between the lines. It's hard to say. But it was saying that there's a possibility that we may actually have to pay back all of this relief that we're getting. So this isn't like a, you know, you've applied for EI and, and okay, you're going to be taxed your portion of it. No, there's a point that they're saying there's a possibility whatever you take, you may have to pay it back. And this may only be considered a loan. A loan. And this Which is what I... This is what I talk about on the sense of like business owners have not asked for additional debt. So don't make it seem like, oh, we're going to do this for you so you can pay your rent and your landlord and your utilities and all of the stuff that we fucking tax you on like crazy. Mm -hmm. And the big guys will win. And then you can just continue paying back with interest. Um, I was calling. I've literally been on the phone all day today. Um, I was calling our credit card company here in Canada, and I'm going to shout them out because I hate them. Capital <laughs> from Costco, which we just switched over from TD. Oh, wow. Um, so I called and I was like, listen, are you doing anything as far as like deferrals and stuff? And they were like, um, yeah, but I need to read you a disclaimer. And I was like, okay, yeah, go ahead. So they basically say that I can skip this month's payment without any sort of penalties, like no late charges but they will report me to the credit bureau. So it will That's go against my credit. No. And I was like, well, as you can see, of course he's, he's reading a script and I was like, whoa, stop. So you're offering a program to defer my payment because of COVID. Cause if I had a business then I would just pay my credit card in full. Um, but you're going to report me and lower my credit score for not making the payment. Yes, that's correct, ma'am. During the pandemic. You yeah. might as well just not pay it and not even bother calling. Well, why why set a program in place if your program is basically saying, screw you anyway? Because I'm going to save yeah. a $25 late fee. So thank you for taking up an hour and 15 minutes of my fucking time while I sit here on the phone and try to make good 
and talk to you about some sort of payment. That's when I sit there and say, let me speak to your manager, please. And I get on the phone and I said, you do realize that I've been on the phone with you for, oh, it looks like an hour and a half. So time is money. And so now you owe me money. So I guess you're going to, you know, cut down whatever I owe you by, let's say, $75, because that's what I make an hour. And uh, now that's an hour and a half. So, okay, so you owe me $125 now for keeping me on hold. (laughs) But here's the thing, Ash, is the wait times are so long that you're just getting cut off. So I was on the phone with TD earlier because I had ordered some statements. And they were dated statements from, like, a few years back, so I can't pull them online. I ordered them while I was in Vegas. I got back. They were at the branch. Um, they said, as soon as you hit Canadian soil, let us know. Well, then I was served with the government quarantine where I couldn't come out. So I emailed her, my bank manager, and I said, listen, I'm under government quarantine. I can send my fiance to pick them up. Nope, he can't pick them up because it's under your name. You need to pick them up. Okay, can you do like a curbside pickup for me? No, 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 you don't want to do that because you're under government order. We don't want you know you to have any trouble. Okay, so I waited, got off my quarantine, emailed her. I got an automatic um, reply saying basically in a roundabout way that she's been laid off and she's not there Hmm. and that the branch is completely closed. So I can't go for my meeting about my line of credit, which they charge me a thousand dollars a month in pure interest for just interest. So I can't even go talk to them. Like they said that I can make an appointment after my quarantine was over. I can't pick up any of my statements to go through because I, I feel that they like wrongfully charged me on some stuff. Can't pick that up. Called the 1-800 number, was on the phone for 42 minutes, was starting to get it sorted because they're like, we're just going to put it in the mail, which is going to take 14 business days for me so to get. Enough. And yeah. then it just cut out. Gone. Oh. Is that with TD? Yeah. It was TD. Yeah, so, if you wait on hold with TD for too long, it just hangs up on you. Same yeah. thing happened to me. So, yeah, so then you call back and you wait another half an hour and you're like, okay, I just got hung up on. Has this happened? Are you sending it? Like, what is it? Oh, yeah, well, you know, our phone lines are just so busy right now. It just cuts out. So you can't even have those conversations because literally my phone is dead all the time just by making these calls. Mm-hmm. Like, it's beyond ridiculous. Yeah, a company with that much money should have good tech that can support large volumes of calls and emails and, you know, traffic on the server on their websites. So, yeah, so no one's helping as far as it comes to credit card companies. They're reporting you to the credit bureaus. Mortgage companies can decide if they want to help. Um, I've not seen a penny from any of the loans that I've applied for. Uh, My landlords want their money. Mm-hmm. In full. Are they at least letting you, you know, pay later? Or are I, they I like, just basically said, like, you can try to take it out, but nothing's going to be in there. <laughs> like, I was like, there's no point in lying about anything. Um, yeah. You know, I, I send them all. I'm One of my biggest things, and this is, like, in my business and in my life, is I'm really big on communication. So my whole thing is, like, don't ever keep me in the dark about stuff. So my landlords probably hate me more than love me at this point because anytime something like this happens, I'm like, okay, so just on the phone for an hour and 21 minutes with TD, following up on my loan, and that caught off. Like, I will just email them all the time on what's happened. 
when we um, we got fined, or not fined, sorry, we got a warning in Vegas for being open last Thursday or the Thursday before. Someone reported us that we were providing waxing services, which is totally incorrect. So poor Robin that was in there got a warning, got her license taken, everything written down, this and that. So I was super pissed off and I wrote to the governor and to the lieutenant that actually gave us the warning and I was like I want this revoked like I want it gone off my record I don't care that it wasn't a fine that it was a warning there's nothing that she did wrong our landlords and our insurance asks us to make sure that the space is maintained you've now taken that right away from me because you've petrified my staff Mm-hmm. I'm under government quarantine and I'm not in the country. I can't go there to check on it. I risk losing my insurance if there's a flood or a fire. And I risk not cooperating with my landlord to, to make sure that the place is still secure. So what I do is I co- I take all that stuff and I copy my landlords on it. Just to let you know, sent an employee to try to do some curbside pickups of skincare, got reported. Now they don't want to go in. How would you like me to handle this? Because they've now taken away a stream of revenue for me. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I just can't believe the way that they, they're handling everything. And I think part of the problem is, granted, this is all new for them, like it's all new for us. Yes. There are no actual laws, rules, guidelines to follow. They're, no. they're putting something out there and going, okay, this should work. Now, people are going to obviously always try, they're they're like children, people are going to try to push the envelope, see what you can get away with, see how far can you push this, what can we do, what can we get away with. Now, unfortunately, those that are trying to follow the rules to the best of their abilities are typically the ones that end up getting the short end of the stick. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Just like your employee who is there trying to do the right thing, trying to help people who, let's be honest, if you can go into Shoppers Drug Mart and buy your facial cleanser if you can go into walmart and buy your facial cleanser why can you not buy your facial cleanser for your esthetician i put Mm -hmm. things on my face there's only certain things that will go on my face so don't take that away from me because i should be allowed to wash my face that's what i mean we're not doing services like we're not doing the wax pots aren't even on we don't even have wax pots in some of the stores like so, yeah, it's 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 been a disaster. So I just keep in contact with my landlords about everything. That letter that you can find on my LinkedIn, which my LinkedIn is just Luba Sosowski, um, that I tell people, like, please go download it, copy it and send it to your to your governing bodies. Um, I sent it to my landlord. Okay. And I said, this is what I have sent to all of these governing bodies. I've also posted it socially. Um to see if we can help the situation. I am doing my best. Now, were they happy to read it? Probably not necessarily, because it talks about doing a rent freeze. Like this needs to happen. You need to freeze rent for small businesses because the landlords mm-hmm. have the larger companies that can actually go to their mortgage companies or to their banks and apply for loans quicker than we can. Mm-hmm. So were they more leverage, right? Were they happy with it? And I was like, you need to send this to all your small businesses because they have a lot of businesses and a lot of um, property for retail that are like us, like massage therapists. Um, Well, they probably have grocery stores, nail salons, hair salons, all of that. But I was like, you need to send this out to all of your tenants and ask them to also send this out so it gets picked up. Whether they did that, I don't know. They just wrote back like three days later, like, 
you're doing all the right things, Luba. Thank you. <laughs> but yeah, so communication is is key. Um, we have a couple of renters in Vancouver. Um, mm-hmm. We've got our lash, um, Larissa, who does lashes and Trish that does hair. And I like once this whole thing started, I just sent them an email and I was like, listen, this is not the time to be demanding money. Um, if you guys are just honest with me and open with me and let me know what you can do, how you want to do this. Can you make rent? Can you not make rent? Like, just be honest and communicate with me so we can put together some sort of payment plan and work through this together because it's not the time to be demanding money. We're all in the same boat. Mm-hmm. No one wanted this to happen. So if you're just upfront with me and keep all lines of communication open, then I'm willing to work with you and not cause any sort of issues with late fees or interest or anything like that. Just be open. Don't run from it. Let's work together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but not everyone works like that. No, and it's hard to be transparent about money, too, because Uh it's such a, like, hard thing to talk about. Usually nobody talks about money or how much money they make or how much they have in their savings account or their checkings account. And, you know, are you able to pay rent in full or can you only pay part of that or none of it? Like, it's it's very new kind of vulnerability as well, talking about finances. And a lot of people, I think, are just avoiding it. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I I go back and forth. I talk to Stephanie, um, the RMT. Um, every day we chat every day on text and stuff. And, you know, there's a lot of, um, things that she says, that's like, if I would have known this was happening, I would have done better here. I wouldn't have done mm-hmm. this. And, you know, and I, I did that at the beginning too, because with the launch of bright, that's a huge mm-hmm. investment and anything that I would have had for a rainy day got pushed all into the brand. Right. Mm-hmm. So I just wrote back and I was like, no one is prepared for this. No one saw this coming. This wasn't a situation where we decided to take a month off vacation and lay off our employees. Mm -hmm. No one saw this coming. And I don't think anyone was truly prepared for it. You can't look at the water cushions in this situation. It's it's not going to do you any good. It's not going to do your business any good, your employees any good. It's it's just going to bring you down. But I think going forward, I think a lot of people will start to plan for things like this. They will start to have, you know, even if it's taking, say, $5 a month or something like that, and just putting it into, like, a rainy day fund just in case, I think we're going to start to see. Do you think so? I think so. Because let's be honest, like, look at the way. I, and I, I hate to kind of go back to this, but look at the way that everything kind of changed post 9-11. Yeah. 9-11 happened and nobody was expecting it. Nobody was prepared for it. And it was traumatic. It was awful. It was probably one of the worst things that has ever happened. And not that I want to compare something like this, but look at how many people were affected and how many changes were implemented around mm. the world. Now, something like this has happened, and I think post this, there's going to be a lot of changes that are going to come into play. And I think when you look at small business owners and you look at the way that they're kind of taking this in, and especially the beauty industry, when we rely so heavily on that touch aspect, that we have to start looking at what else can we do? Yeah. And how do we plan for that rainy day? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. And maybe because I've spent so much time in, in the US and I've seen like the recession and stuff. And someone actually posted the other day, 
um, people can't even go without one missed paycheck. So it goes to show how many people are actually faking it out there because we're still in a recession. Mm-hmm. And that like really kind of blew my mind because I was like, yeah, people have missed one check and they're freaking out. So were we ever in a better situation than we were since the recession? Because one paycheck like isn't that long. The other thing that I'm seeing, so um, record of employment when people apply for unemployment in Canada, the government already has the information because as an employer, mm-hmm. as soon as someone quits or is terminated, I need to fig- I need to um, fill out that information and it automatically gets uploaded into the government website. Done. Vegas is different. People quit, terminated, whatever it is. And not until they apply for unemployment, then I get a letter. All of the letters. This is just one week. Um, of the government asking to verify employment and dates that they worked and wages and all of that. The amount of people that are trying to be shady, that <laughs> no longer work for me. No. Mm-hmm. Haven't in a long time. Haven't in a long time. Quit or just didn't show up to work. So if you quit, you're, you don't qualify. Um, or saying that I was their last employer, but uh, you worked for me in 2017. Oh, they're all coming out of the woodwork. Don't lie, because if you work for someone that is somewhat organized, that keeps a decent paper trail, it's just going to bite you in the ass. Yeah. But it's like, it's incredible and it's an absolute waste of time. But that also tells me the pure desperation that's out there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, they're saying there's millions, millions of people on unemployment right now. Millions. Like, that's insane. That's insane. I literally had to move our meeting by th- our, our um, podcast by 30 minutes because I was trying to fax unemployment papers that were due today. And I literally just upload them, put in the number, upload. Like, I don't even wait for it to come back that it's failed because the line is busy. I just do it like 50 to 100 times and just get in the queue until it comes through. Because the lines are so backed up. Like they're fax lines. And their deadlines are ridiculous. So they they send everything by snail mail. Everything's taking way longer anyways because of what's going on. So for example, they say that they mailed this to me on March 30th. Okay, so give it like a couple of days to like actually get into my hands. My deadline is today. And then I can't even get through. So what you have like a couple of days and you have to you have to figure out the first day that the person worked, the last day that they worked, why they quit or they resigned or terminated or whatever it is. Provide documentation as to why there was separation. Find out the average hours worked in a week. What did they make in gross wages? How much did you pay them? So you have to go back and find out all of this information and then submit it by that deadline. But you can send it 80 times and it's not uploading and it's not going through because the fax line is so busy. And you have to do this for people that worked for you in 2017. Yeah, there's people applying. Anyone who applies. Any, anyone who applies, I need to document or else my company is on the hook to pay them on what they potentially could be owed no. based on what they have documented. Yeah. Wow. So listen, this one, um, she worked for me for, oh, this one is great. She actually 
tried to, <laughs> she didn't qualify for unemployment. Um, she got rejected because she was terminated with cause with several write-ups. Um, and then she tried to fight the system back in January, I think it was. Um, we had mediation over the phone because everyone wow. has the right to do it. We did mediation. It came back that she was denied again after trying to fight for it. Applies again. Wow. Just does it again. Just applies again. And you're like, oh can I God. just send in, haven't we been down this road? <laughs> Someone worked a total of eight shifts, did not even pass probation, and applied. Wow. So, like, the amount of work where I can't even focus on, like, stuff that we're trying to do, like, our yeah. little facial kits that we're trying to do wholesale. We've just put together um, a payment plan for any of our wholesale stuff. We, we did it in four different installments taken off their credit card every two weeks to see if we can help them that way. Because let's really be honest, some of those solopreneurs out there are still waxing mm -hmm. and they're still buying products somewhere. Right. So if we can kind of make things easier on anyone, then that's what we're trying to do. But yeah, my time is literally spent on trying to send fucking faxes that won't go through. I can't believe they're still doing faxes. Yes. Like I can't just email. upload it online to a website. I can't even email it. And because this I'm not in the US, right? Yeah, this is all the US because oh, Canada, God. it's all uploaded online. Um, yeah. If I was in the US, I would just I would just priority mail it out with um, signature. Right, yeah. so like the date stamp and all that. So I just mail it out. But because I'm in Canada and I have to deal with the U.S., then I actually have to get it in their hands by the due date, and it's done by fax. Oh my God. So did you do it? You got them all. I got it all. Awesome. I got it all. I'm not paying out people that didn't deserve it. I will cheers no. you to that. Cheers to that. Cheers. <laughs> I also like to write in my um in my claims that I believe this is a fraudulent claim. <laughs> I do. And then I put in all my information because I was like, no, sweetheart. That's not how before I forget on a total kind of separate note, can we just for a second plug out to um a lovely company, or I guess they're not even really a company, but there's a, a petition I will say. Yes, please around to save the beauty industry. And it's, mm -hmm. you can find it on Instagram at save underscore Canadian underscore beauty. And it's a petition that's going around to help save the beauty industry because we are one industry that has definitely been really, really hurt and affected by this. And we cannot keep our doors open and we need to do something to save the big, the small, the independence mm -hmm. of this industry. Yeah. And I've been, Ash, I've been sending that link to, to people like Stephanie, my RMT. So just cause she doesn't fall into the beauty category, she's still dealing with everything that is on that petition. Like we talked about not being able to apply for relief cause she has no employees. I've sent it out to people like my personal trainer and asked him to sign it and to pass it on because he's in the same boat as well. Completely yeah. doesn't have any employees, nothing. Gym's closed. Can't go in. Mm -hmm. social distancing, all of that stuff. Yeah. So it's not just for the beauty industry. It's anyone that is on a small business owner. Yeah. Yeah. That's been missed. That's been missed. 
Yeah. Now, personal and trainers, I think, are lucky in the aspect that they typically do work face to face, but mm-hmm. the internet, the, the interweb is a very amazing thing these days. Mm-hmm. And you can still actually run sessions through yeah. yep. the internet, whereas a hairstylist does not have that opportunity. An esthetician does not have that opportunity. A massage therapist does not have that opportunity. The like people that we rely on the touch aspect, the face to face, the makeup, we can't without having somebody physically in front of us, we can't do our work. How many signatures are they up to right now? No, they were looking to get 5,000. I don't know. Let's take a look here because I haven't checked. Um, It's taking me longer because I am so technology challenged. So you guys can find all this information. We're going to post it all on our social media. You can find that. You can also find a lot of the information on my personal LinkedIn. So just go to LinkedIn and look up Luba Sasowski, L-U-B-A-S-A-S-O-W-S-K-I. I put on all my information there on all the petitions and small businesses and all the articles that have come up um, in regards to this. Um, Okay, so I found it here. So they need a minimum of 7,500 signatures in order to submit. Okay. Um, I believe. And they're up to 5,356. Okay. So I just signed it. So there's one more. Woohoo. Awesome. (laughs) Um, You know, I find it interesting too because the UK and Australia, they've actually done stuff too to help small businesses. So that's what we've actually put in that. that letter that you can find to submit to your governing bodies on how we should be taking ideas from them as well. Um, and then I just wanted to talk about a little bit. I just want to find out my facts before I actually talk about them. But I think if I'm not mistaking, it's something like 61% of businesses are small businesses and they're owned by women. Wow. Like it's a, it's a big, big number. And if you look at 25% of that is going to close on average, um, that's not good. And then you know what happens is that taxes don't get paid. Um, people are using the system as far as staying on unemployment. Um, landlords lose money. Um, so here, sorry, maybe not. So at 61% of small business owners as of 2018 do not have employees and therefore currently are not eligible for the Canada emergency wage subsidy. 61%. That's more than half. Right. So, and then I found this really interesting too. So after talking to Stephanie today, her friend is a small business owner with employees she put in her loan application for the um, the grant or the loan and was rejected today. Wow. So qualifies for everything, has employees. Doesn't necessarily matter. Was rejected by TD today. So it's the banks that decide the final say. It's not, it doesn't go to the government. I mean, the government funds the banks. I think so because fund when the clients. I, when I submitted all my information, I submitted it to the bank that I'm moving to, like moving all my business um, stuff to. Um, and they said, because you currently don't have an account with us, you're going to have to apply through your current 
Uh, with TD. So I had to do it with TD. So TDs. that will be interesting. <laughs> yes. They're, they're like the worst, the worst bank ever to deal with. Period. Oh my God. Shout out TD Canada Trust. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out Blue Shore Financial. They are, yes. they're actually good. They're the ones we're moving to, but yeah, so it looks like it's done through the bank. So it'll be interesting to see what they come back with on why they weren't approved. It probably all has to do with their credit as well. Like they're probably looking mm. at credit and saying, okay, how's your credit? Mm. Do we want to take this risk on you? Do we think we'll get this back? Mm. Do we think your business has the potential to reopen after this? If yeah. we support you during this time and if your business doesn't look like it's got a chance of holding out for who knows how long they may just be turning around and saying no we don't want to take that chance on you wow which is sad really sad yeah because it's all just on paper too but if you don't know the business you don't necessarily know the potential and no it's all about who you know right yeah it's yes it's very true very true. So, um, is there anything else that we want to add to this sob story, rant, <laughs> slash depressing episode on the uh, the struggles of being an entrepreneur or a solopreneur? Mm-hmm. What is the takeaway from this today? I don't know. It's like, <laughs> no like insert cricket noises. I know. Yes. Jake, Jake will have to do that. Hold on. Let me write this down. Let me write like, this down. Insert. Cricket noises at yeah. 1.08. <laughs> is there a takeaway? Is there like, is, is the takeaway we need to have a rainy day fund? Is the takeaway we in the beauty industry need to find ways to help each other more. Um, Do we in the beauty industry need to find ways to start doing more online? Uh You know, is there, is there, are there new avenues of sales or something that we need to start thinking about to generate money that way? Or is this just a matter of, you know, this is a really shitty time and the government is only out for helping big business. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a couple of things that you can take away. I definitely went through like a very, very dark phase, um, getting back, being quarantined, having to lay everyone off. Um, like that, that was very, very dark for me. And it was a reminder from our producer, my fiance, that this isn't because of you. You're not the only one that this has happened to. This is happening to the world. So I think with um, any business owner out there, entrepreneur, solopreneur, remember that, that this is not your fault. This is something, this is a pandemic. There was no way that we would be able to fight this. We would be able to prevent it. This is not your choice. And to remember that and stop beating yourself up about it, because I think we, we do that. Um, I talk about often that entrepreneurship is the loneliest place in the world. And this is when it gets really dark and really lonely. Because as business owners, we don't have an outlet on who we can talk to about this. And it becomes very, very scary. Um, We put a lot of pressure on ourselves. And then I just kind of want to talk about, too, like some of the memes and stuff that's out there on Instagram about if you don't come out of this with a great body or a new skill (laughs) or another idea, then you lack discipline. Listen, (laughs) I'm all about 
making yourself better and coming up with different ideas. And I think if this has taught us anything, like Ashley said, is that we are now thinking outside of the box on how to make money online. Shout out to Becca, who's done an amazing job on our website with um, yeah, online purchases. And our Shout out to Tyson. <laughs> but it is okay to not be okay right now. And you don't have to come out of this with a new skill. You don't have to come out of this with a beach body. You don't have to come out of this with an expectation of, I don't, I, I want to say being better than you were before. Like it is okay to not be okay right now. It's okay to feel those feelings and to be allowed to feel them. So with social media saying that we can't feel them, it's really shitty because if, the, if you need a dark time for two weeks or two days or two months or whatever that may be, then allow yourself to go through that dark time and don't beat yourself up about it. Mm-hmm. Um, surround yourself with people that will uplift you. Surround yourself with positive affirmations. Um, YouTube is really good for like any sort of um, positive affirmation, like morning stuff. I know they do like, not tutorials, but uh, like motivational morning speeches and stuff mm. like that. Meditate or anything like that, but it's okay to not work out every day. It's okay to not wash your hair for a week. It's okay to not <laughs> wake up and not wear sweatpants. Like that's what you want to do. I think, I think that needs to be said right now for people that business owners that are out there because it's a scary time. Mm-hmm. It definitely is. Okay, mm-hmm. so can we just take thirty seconds and and how are you getting through this, son, Luba? What are you doing? What are you doing, Becca? What are you, what is your motivation in the morning or what is your, I can get through this moment? Like what, what are you doing? So I'll be, I'll be honest. Like I'm losing sleep over it for sure. Um, Mm -hmm. Like I I probably wake up at three o'clock in the morning and I'll be on my phone (laughs) or Becca probably gets all my emails and ideas (laughs) messages and stuff. But having a team has definitely been easier. Like having Becca work with me through this has been really incredible. And she's very, very positive and she's like a ray of sunshine. So she lets me vent, which is very, very (laughs) helpful. Um, We do weekly morale meetings. Mm -hmm. So we FaceTime all of the staff every Saturday and we just do an update every morning. And that's kind of like our little coffee break. We complain about stuff. We talk about what we can do. Becca has started TikTok. So that's been, that's been fun. So it's kind yeah, of getting allowing, videos. yeah, it's allowing the customers, whether they be wholesale or clients to get to know the girls behind the scenes and then just having some fun. We've allowed all of the staff to come to the store and pick up a wax pot, any, any sort of supplies that they want so they can wax at home and give us some content. Um, having business owners like Stephanie, who also has like a fire under her ass, like me that just won't give up has been very helpful as well in trying to kind of fight this and fight for small businesses um, and just providing information online through LinkedIn or social media to other businesses so they can literally just copy and paste it with all the instructions. So that's that's helped me. I went for a 26-kilometer bike ride the other day. That's 16.9 miles for those Americans listening. Love it. That was my exercise. That's good enough for two weeks. Peace out. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then Jake bakes bread every day. So I eat bread. Love it. So that is my whole car life. <laughs> yeah. That's oh, that. so, what about you, Becca? 
Um, I'm actually learning new skills, so I'm pretty motivated that way, which I think helps. But it also does help that I'm still having some work to do while I'm at home. I think maybe if I was totally without work and I was just at home all day, I wouldn't be so motivated to learn new things. I'd probably be, you know, watching a lot more Netflix. But so I'm teaching myself some website stuff, how to do a bit of web design on our website. And I'm learning I'm trying to start a couple different side projects personal projects to see if I can make passive income as well and then if those work then I'm going to go to Luba and say this is what we need to do on our website and this is how we need to run our ads um watching a lot of YouTube videos about other people trying to teach me how to run YouTube and Facebook and Google ads to turn a profit and then also Oh, yeah, yeah. It, it can be great, I think, if you know how to do them, but it's really confusing to try to set it up on, on your own. And then personally, to get myself out of bed in the morning, I just bought a Nintendo Switch and a video game called Animal Crossing, <laughs> which I don't know if you've heard about it, but it's kind of taking over the internet right now in a small like niche market and I love it it's like the only video game that I play and I'll play it like every day <laughs> oh my god Animal Crossing okay. yeah it's like what an Nintendo game I need to like write this yeah I know I wrote it down too I was like what it's is it's a Nintendo game it's like cute little animals and it's just like there's nothing going on you don't really have to follow a story you can just like do whatever you want it's just I find it really like relaxing to take your mind off of things so that's what I'm doing. I'm trying to learn stuff, and then I, I play with little animals. <laughs> How are your cats, Becca? Did you adopt a bunch of cats? Oh, I was going to foster cats, but then I decided, me and my roommate decided that we would move because similar to rental landlords right now with commercial and business space, our landlord is kind of doing the same thing, which I'm fine, but my roommate is a server, so she's out of work for the foreseeable future and she didn't really have savings so she's really quite stressed and she's also not a Canadian citizen so any kind of benefit that there are she doesn't necessarily qualify for so we reached out to our landlord and we asked him for a deferral or maybe we can we pay partial or like are you owing a mortgage on this house? Do you have any outstanding, like, um, and if you Google his name, he's a slumlord and he made $14 million in September alone. So he, he offered us no relief, nothing. And then we were kind of like, screw you. We're just going to move and not pay, (laughs) (laughs) which is probably not the best solution that I might pay for it later down the road, but Open so communication with, though, right? You tried to yeah, do it. And, yeah. And then so with moving, I can't foster cats anymore because I won't have the, the space in the landlord who doesn't care. Right. That yeah. was the positive of having a landlord who's not involved. But then I get back to that hobby that you were talking about and trying to learn more about like the YouTube and video making. There's mm-hmm. somebody I follow on Instagram and her name is Marley Jacks. So at Marley, M-A-R-L-E-Y, Jax, J-A-X-X, all one word. Mm -hmm. And she's fabulous. And she's always coming out with new ideas and new tips and tricks. And she's great. So if you're looking for somebody. Can she help us get our YouTube channel back? No, I have no idea. Because YouTube, honestly. Make a video about that. But I just, I follow her and she's quite entertaining so YouTube is probably worse than dealing with the government 
Mm-hmm. Oh my um, God. Ash, I want to hear about you. What are you doing to keep sane these days? I, I don't know. I was a, a little quick history on me. I was really, really sick a few years ago and ended up in off work for about eight months and inside. And I lost the ability to kind of walk and move around. And I kind of had to like reteach myself how to walk and move. And it, being stuck in the house for eight months and not being able to go anywhere, move around, do anything. I think that was like my prep for this because (laughs) honest right now I am doing really well. I do typically travel a lot for work. So I'm always on the go. I'm never really at home and I never really have time to kind of do anything. So this is kind of giving me that chance to slow everything down try to breathe. Don't get me wrong. I would like to be go, go, go again. I'm, I'm slowly missing it, but I've been painting like crazy. Um, So big canvases and lots of acrylic paint. I've been kind of like in my dungeon, just kind of going to town in an art studio and loving life. I've been trying to learn a new language. I've been trying. What are you learning to learn? What, what language? I, I, I've been a little bit of everything. Trying to learn three <laughs> at the same time, which I don't recommend it. But I'm French, Italian, and Spanish. I figure oh, they all kind of. They're all Latin. So yeah. hopefully I can pick up a few new words of each. Okay. Um, so I'm loving that. There's a really cute app on that. And it is called Duolingo. Duolingo. Okay. Oh, it's so like got like this app of a little birdie. Anyway, it's great and it's free. So yay to them because I'm loving it. Um, baking and eating lots. Yes. And trying yep. to get out and walk the dogs and trying to actually keep a steady um, routine. So I'm trying to go to bed around the same time. I'm trying to wake up around the same time. Mm-hmm. I get up and put on a full face of makeup and try to do my hair. I try to stay really motivated because I find if I stay in my pajamas, I kind of get really bummed yeah. out yeah. and I mm-hmm. don't really have the motivation to do anything. anything. But if I get up and I get dressed and I make myself look presentable, even if it's just for myself, yeah, it makes mm-hmm. me feel so much better. I love that. So that's that's kind of been my my goal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I need to add one thing that I completely forgot about that really is keeping me going is is bright is the new line. Like knowing that we're having mm-hmm. something down the pipeline that is literally being shipped to us very, very shortly. And to be able to offer those retail products to consumers and to other small businesses out there that purchase from us to start to profit on online has been a huge motivator as well. That's been good. So, so shout out to Ash for joining us today. Her Instagram is is the biz. That's B E A U T Y I S T H E B I Z or Z, depending what country you're in. You is the biz. Um, I would love for you to join us again next week or anytime you're available, Ash, because I want to go through some ideas on outside of the box um, marketing, sales techniques and tips. I know a lot of salons out there are coming up with some incredible ideas. So if any of you guys want to slide into our DMs at Between Both Cheeks, shoot us an email at comments at Between Both Cheeks, or we'll also um, get any DMs at Wax HR Bar or at Brighten Up. That's with the Y, B-R-Y-G-H-T-E-N-U-P. Mm-hmm. And Becca, take it away with how they can listen to us. 
You can listen to us on Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Buzzsprout, anywhere that you find your podcast, search Between Both Cheeks. If you're listening on iTunes or the Apple Podcast app, please rate us with a five-star rating and leave a comment because that's how we get sponsorships and it helps a lot. Yay, perfect. And uh, yeah, if any of you guys know how to get our YouTube channel back, please let us know. Um, put any sort of, I find if you tweet them um, and say that you want the wax hair removal bar channel to come back, we would be more than happy to upload a ton of content that we've made for you guys for free, for training. But until we get our channel back, then we won't be able to do so. So slide into our DMs at Between Both Cheeks and let us know if you can help us with that. If, um, if not, thank you for listening, listeners. And until next week, Bye, ladies. Bye.